Good evening, everybody. We are here today, the 14th of May. And we just thank God for one more opportunity. He could have come before today, or I could have died before today. So both ways, He's shown mercy, He's given us time. One more day in the land of the living. So we just thank God. Now as we go to the Q&A, the questions that have come from all over, Lord, give us wisdom to give an answer to troubled minds, hurting people, because we're living in extremely hmm. uncertain times. Not like Dickens' novel, best of time and the worst of times, but it looks like worst, worst of, of times. Time. Yes. So, Father, we just thank you for this day and this time. We commit these questions into thy hands. And as we go through it, I pray, Father, Hmm. our answers will be true to your word and to your spirit as far as humanly is possible, Lord. Help us to be true. In this life, we see in part. The next life, we will see in full. So help us, Lord. We commit everyone who is listening everywhere Let there be comfort, let there be strength, let there be encouragement imparted through the words, Lord. And you be magnified through it all. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. That's a very, very important question in these troubled times. This is question number seven. Okay. Uh, It says, how do you hear from God? Do you hear in the spirit through the word? Or through a servant of God. Please explain. Can you explain an audible voice from God? Many men, many men of God say this so, so loosely. I heard, uh, I heard God say this about your mom, your dad, your wife. Why would God speak to them about my wife or my parents? When I'm a believer, will not God speak to me about my wife or my parents or my children? Or am I being too judgmental? Okay, let's go to the first part of the question. God first primarily, remember, in the beginning was the Word. And the Spirit is also there. You see in Genesis chapter 1, you see the Word and the Spirit. So that is the first. First, He speaks through the Word, and He speaks it through the Spirit. Yes. Because even Jesus never spoke or did anything outside the Spirit. So that is the first. And that's where the Word of God comes. And the hearing of the Word of God comes. And uh, remember for 6,000 years, less than 6,000 years, let us say for 5,000, roughly 600 years, men and women did not have a personal copy of the Bible. Mm. Whatever the Jews had was which was passed on. But what you will, what you will find interesting is that people had a knowledge of the ways of God. Mm. Because like I said last time, 1,560 years is Adam to Noah. Yes. And of that 933 years, Adam was there. Adam was there. He was already there for 933 years. More than half that age he was there. Then we have a Enoch and a Methuselah and also people knew. And also when Noah comes out of the ark, the first thing that he does is an altar is built and a sacrifice is offered and of clean animals. So they had a knowledge of all these things. Mm. 
Isaac talks about, uh, when God talks about, uh, to Isaac, God talks about your father knowing the covenants and the pre- precepts and all. So, everybody could know if they chose to walk with God. God would tell them, like, oh, I mean, I believe, you know, probably knew more than most of us. Because mm-hmm. of the way he chose to walk with God. You see, to walk with God, you need to know God's ways. Otherwise, you cannot walk with him. Mm. So that will only happen if you desire to walk with God. So you will see this intense desire in Enoch's heart to walk with God. And he walked with God for 300 years and he was no more. And therefore, you have the prophecy of Enoch about Jesus' second coming, which nobody knew in the Old Testament. How is he going to come? What is going to come? All those things, they had no idea. And he knew about the coming kingdom and the rule of Jesus Christ. He knew it all. How did he know? So, there is this principle in the word of God that God reveals Mm. to people. Like Paul talks about things which he heard which was not to be uttered. So, the simple question is, why is God telling him all these things? Simply because there was another man in the new covenant with the heart of Enoch. He wanted to know God. And he was willing to go all the way. So to him also is revealed the things which God said, don't speak about it. It is between you and me. So there is, you have God, the person who speaks through his spirit. He speaks through his word. So before the written word came in, there was a God who personally spoke to people. The written word comes only after Moses. We have the law being given, the precepts about government, civil government, how Israel as a nation, that's how. But before that, God spoke. He spoke. He spoke in different ways. I believe some of them heard the audible voice of God. Then they heard in the spirit. They heard, they they had dreams, Mm. they had visions. So God spoke in different ways. That's how Hebrews chapter 1 actually says Mm. he spoke in various ways. So all that is there. But now, also he speaks. Now also he speaks. But now the problem is that, not the problem, the thing is that we have the written word of God. It is there. So whenever somebody speaks, it has to be cross-checked with the, the word of God because his coming is so close and deception will increase. Mm. And one of the ways that dece- deception does not happen in the world. It happens only within the formats of the church, whatever church it is, okay, the worldwide church. And it happens because men and women will come and say, as the Lord told me. That's one of the, that's what he says. They will come and say, here is Christ. And in, they will speak in the name of Christ, God told me. And that's where we have to be very, very clear to see what they say. Cross-check with the word of God. That's why we need to know doctrine. Doctrine is basically the principles of how God's kingdom works. That's how he works. How the kingdom works is how he works. So we know the fundamental principles of the word of God. It's not knowing scripture by heart. Please, mm. that's not the way. It is understanding the ways, ways of, of God. God. Yes. So when you listen to a person and he says, the Lord told me, you need to realize that's not how God does things. Like Derek Friend's old example, I said, the word of God, the spirit of God, and the person of God. If you got these three in, then you have truth. You cannot have the word of God alone without the spirit. If the spirit is not sanctioning it, then you are misinterpreting the word of God. Yes. Now you have the word and the spirit coming together. It looks like this person is speaking the word and he seems to be anointed, but he still does not agree with the person of Jesus Christ revealed in the gospels. Hold it there. When this three comes, three comes, 
Okay, three comes. Okay, I'll give you an example. Is Moses is anointed. Nobody has doubts about it. He's anointed. And he has the word of God. But he strikes the rock. And you know that's not Jesus. Mm. That is not Jesus. He has the word. He has the, the spirit. spirit. But flesh takes over and doesn't act. And you know Jesus won't do that. That's not how he does things. So that is where you have to be very, very careful. Okay, very, very careful about, like, you can receive the word the man is speaking, but reject the spirit. That is not how it happens. That is not. That's what the Bible talks about. True worshippers will worship in spirit and in truth. So this audible voice, I will not deny it. Who am I to stop God from speaking to man or woman audibly? That's his prerogative. We don't set standards. He can speak. Okay. But again, you say, you, you see men of God saying, I heard God say this about your mom, your dad, your wife. Now again, okay, it's a, it's a very general statement over there, but you have to look at it. Context-wise, now when this happens, usually in scripture it is a, when it happens and when it is authentic, usually when it happens, it's a spiritual gift operating. It is the gift called the word of knowledge, mm. not the word of wisdom. Mm, yes. It's the word, word of knowledge and word of wisdom differ. Word of knowledge is when the spirit shows you something about a person you're ministering to. Okay, that's a word of knowledge. Word of wisdom is you are in a situation and you need to make a decision and you need God's wisdom specific at that point. That's what's happening with uh, Solomon when these two women both claim that is their child. It's a word of wisdom coming in. This is how you need to handle it. It's a word of wisdom. And you will see Jesus operating in the word of knowledge and he operating in the word of wisdom. Both he operates. Word of wisdom is that you will see, does your master pay taxes? And he says, give me a coin. And it is whose picture. That is the word of wisdom. But when he says, Nathaniel, I saw you under the tree, um, fig tree, that's a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. So when a word of knowledge operates, you know, uh, God can reveal it to a person and say, you know what, this is what the Lord told me about your mother. But when it operates, usually you, it is what you call, you protect the dignity of the person. Okay, I'll show you. Turn with me. Turn with me to John chapter 4. Okay, John chapter 4. Everybody knows this. Okay. And verse 7. Yeah, verse 7 and 8. A woman of Samaria... For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. All the disciples are gone. He sent them all away. And he is alone with the woman. You know why? Because she's going to talk, reveal through the word of knowledge that she had five husbands and living with the seventh one. Yes. And he's not going to humiliate her. So he sends her away. He sent them all away. That's a word of knowledge. That's not prophecy, okay? The prophecy is something usually connected with the future. Word of knowledge is usually connected with the present or the past. Okay, so that's a word of knowledge. So that can happen. That can happen. Okay, word of knowledge can happen. So in this case, you have to look at it in the context. You have to look at the man of God. 
And you have to look at whether what he says is true or not. If it is like my wife says, I mean, a typical American saying, if it does not apply, let it fly. But if it does apply, take heed because a word of knowledge, no, word of knowledge is a very powerful gift in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God. And God reveals through word of knowledge. But if God does not reveal, there is nothing you can do. You need to realize absolute sovereignty is in the hand of God. The man of God has no control over it. It doesn't matter how anointed he is. I'll show you again. Go to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter... Four. Remember the Shunammite woman? Yes, yes, yes. And turn to chapter four and verse twenty-seven. This is uh, twenty-six and twenty-seven. Yeah. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. This is Gehazi's son is dead, okay? Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. It's not told me what's happened. Okay, he hasn't told me. Okay, so if the Lord doesn't tell, prophet doesn't know. But if the prophet of God tells, the prophet has to speak. Whether it is good or bad, he has no no, he has no right to withhold information. He has to say. Okay, so that's how it works. That's how it works. But please remember, a lot of fakes are out there and uh, they prophesy or they speak this uh, if it is not. That's what I said. It always have to be in the context you have to realize because you know what? Knowledge is power. And knowledge about other people is even more powerful. It's even more powerful. Mm-hmm. You can use it to edify them. You can abuse it to have control over them. And you can misuse it to destroy them. The word of knowledge is a very powerful. It can come from, especially when it is connected with the past. Okay, The demonic can give you that word of knowledge. The woman, the girl who had a divining spirit, everything she said about Paul and Silas was absolutely true. There was not one word out of place. So the demonic can, because the demonic also see. The demonic also see. So the demonic also works. That's why we have to. But ideally I would be, I would say is that, um, this is how I would say. If it is something negative, a mature man of God would only speak in in private. Would not humiliate. Christ wouldn't do that. He wouldn't. His his principle. He's following there with this Samaritan woman. He won't put out a smoking flax. He won't break a bruised reed. He won't do that. So he's very very gentle with her. Very kind. He took her through the whole process and then. And it's up to her what to do about it. So that's what you need to realize. But the recipient, the person who receives the word of knowledge, the whole thing is that 
once it is out, you have this choice. What are you going to do about it, if it is true? The best thing about the Samaritan woman is that she did not go into denial. <coughs> yes. She did not go into denial. She knew it was true. She she knew it was true and she accepted it. And that is what changed. That's what changed her life. So, God can, when he talks about, God can speak through a man of God about his wife. To another man about his wife, because the husband may not be aware about, or about his, her husband, the woman may not be aware about it, or, uh, your children, your mother, your family, a man of God can come. So there's no, I don't see anything problematic in a man of God speaking about somebody's family, but only the, the, the context in which, and the place, and how it is done. That really matters. That really matters. And if it's a visiting, visiting prophet, a visiting preacher with a gift of knowledge comes and speaking in a public platform, and uh, I would say, because you need to realize, uh, we go to First Corinthians 14, there is a yes. principle given over there. Mm-hmm. And verse 32 and 33. 14.32, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God never takes control of you. So he can't blurt something in public which actually humiliates somebody and destroys something. So I'm sorry, I had no control. The spirit was speaking through me. God <laughs> says, no, you had absolute control and you know how it was to be done. How it has to be done. Okay, why? For God is not the author of what did it bring? It brought confusion. Mm. Instead of peace, it brought confusion, as in all the church. So there's a principle over there. So if I were to be a person, let us say Pastor Vijay is a church, and he invited me, and I'm preaching, and during the ministry time, God shows me about, let us say about Isaac here, sitting here, Isaac, something bad, which can ruin him. What I would do is that after the meeting is over, now in his case he's a minor, what I would do is that I would call his pastor and I would call his father and say, this is what the Lord tells me about your child. Yep. And leave it there. That's it. That's how it does. You don't do it otherwise. So you have to look yeah, at this. The, the, yeah, because the spiritual authority, yes. the parental authority, and mm. put it across. Now, if it's an older person, then what I would do, I would bring to the... Because I say, you know what? I don't know your congregation. I don't know your sheep. I'm just speaking something, but you are accountable, not me. I may be wrong, I may, but I believe I'm wrong. I'm right because the word of knowledge has come from God. So here it is and I leave it. I don't make any judgment. I don't make any call about it. I'm just visiting. This is what the Lord says. You invited me. This is your sheep. This is what the Lord says. And I leave it at that. I don't follow up. Mm. I don't follow up. That's how it works. Mm. On the other hand, if it is my church and God gives me a word of knowledge, then I call. And I say, this is what he's showing. Take amends. That's how it works. So it always, because we cannot take these gifts away. Yes. We cannot. If you take these gifts away, a church will not be able to fight the spiritual battles that we are fighting. Because on the other side, the demonic is using all these gifts. 
Okay. They are using all this. Otherwise, people won't go to those people with power because they have knowledge and they give you worldly wisdom. They prophesy. They tell all kinds of things that's happening over there too. So how will we fight them unless we have the original and more powerful? Okay, more powerful. And we get it all the time. And my wife gets it all the time. She gets it all the time. Okay, but I, she doesn't give it directly. She gets it and passes it on to me. And then she leaves it to me how to handle it how to handle it. That's the way it is to be done. Like if you are married and your wife has a gift and you are in ministry, the wife ideally should say it to the husband. The husband has to be the person who says it. That's how it works. You know what? Basically, we are just following God's protocol and order so that you know what happens is that. Otherwise, what will happen is, I'm honestly telling you what's happening is that you see At the end of the day, we are all flesh. The flesh is always there. Let us have a woman who has a gift of knowledge or a gift of prophecy or whatever gift it is. And she she directly starts doing it all without coming under the authority of her husband. What happens is that after that, she starts controlling the home too. And and the marriage will fall apart will be always a struggle. So to keep it that way, I'm not saying women do not have, God doesn't know. Of course he gives women gifts. But the problem is the order is always like the head of the woman is man. That is where he comes over there and he says, you know, okay, the next, next, uh, next verse, immediately yeah, next yes. verse, 34. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. Not that women cannot speak. Okay, it's not about saying, because you have to look through scripture. But basically saying is that, you know what, if she has a word of knowledge, let her pass it on to her man. And the man passes on to the pastor. If he is not in ministry, he passes it on to the pastor. So that order is this thing. Otherwise, what will happen is that she is allowed to do that for two weeks. But the third week, she will have a congregation around herself. Hmm. Now she's, everybody has left the pastor and the leadership. And now everybody is going to her for a word of knowledge. And little, I've seen this happen all these years. Before you know, the woman has broken the church, or the man has broken the church, and he's taken away. Right here in the city, it has happened so many times, including one of the churches where I minister recently. Broken God. Because one guy had a gift, and he did not exercise it as God. So what did he do? A few weeks later, he took half the crowd and he went away. That is, you know, our whole idea is not to break churches, but to build churches and edify churches. So the entire person, even when God gives an authentic gift, the devil will come over there and try to create havoc. Mm -hmm. Try to create havoc. So we have to be very, very careful about how we use the gifts of God because it should only edify, strengthen a church and not destroy a church. You know, that's, and usually the issue is with gifts happens with gifts. Even in the world, if somebody is gifted, we follow him. <laughs> if he's not gifted, we don't follow him or her. I mean, any talent, we follow them. But in the kingdom of God, remember, the gifts are dangerous if they are not exercised without control. Because it can destroy the person itself. The person itself can be destroyed and it can bring destruction to other people. You know, destruction to other people. 
simple case is Mr. Samson. Oh, okay, it's a Philistine girl. He liked, but her whole family was put to death because he had no control over his spirit. He got so mad, and what did he do? He destroyed their crops, and the Philistines came and finished her family off. I mean, why did he bring all those unnecessary death on people? Because he had no control. But his gift is real. You cannot question his gift. It is from God. But he brought a lot of damage to innocent people because he had no control over his gift at all. So that is where we have to realize God will gift and the last days he will gift and the church needs all these gifts. But you need to realize it is exactly what it says. It is gift. <laughs> that does not mean you are mature. Does not mean you are spiritual. Does not make you an elder. Does not make you more anointed. Does not make just a gift. Therefore, go to the appropriate order in which God has placed it and work accordingly. Mm. Okay, and that's the test. Okay, as soon as Joseph has received a gift, that is a vision and a dream, and he will soon have to have interpretation of dreams, and he's the youngest. Eleventh in the family. As soon as he has received something which the rest of the family does not have, God moves his father and tells him, "Your brothers are far away." And he says, "Here I am. Do you, are you still under authority? And will will you still serve under the authority under whom you have in place?" Yes. And yes. now he's on the way where one day that gift will make him king. But first, he has to be taught: Are you a person under authority mm. or not? Mm. Yeah. But it's the gifted man who's called, yeah. not none of the others. And the first test is, are you under or will you break loose? Will you break loose? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you need to realize that's how it works. That's exactly mm-hmm. what David took. Mm-hmm. You look at David, how he functions. Wherever Saul sent him, he, he went. went. He went. And he always brought victory. And he would never turn against because he knows positionally the way his head is Saul. That is what is another question, but that's not my business. That is not business. He may try to kill him, but I will not attack him. What will I do when the anointed hits me? I will run. Mm. I will run. Therefore, God could make him say, that's a man after my own heart, and he understands. So if you look at this whole format, and we will realize, you know, it's protection. That's how God protects us. But gifts are real. Gifts are real, real, real. And if you look in the world... Or into the church, it's gifted people who fall away first. The ungifted sit there quietly. <laughs> the gifted fall away first. Because they don't realize it is a gift. It is a gift. Okay. Even in academics, you know, some people are born with this gift. They can study, they can score marks with hardly even breaking a sweat. Okay, but the problem is they take it that into their career too. And before you know, he's messed up his career. Because he never had the discipline. Because as you go up higher and higher and higher, you will realize it is not the gift that matters. It is the discipline that matters. If God has to put something on you, you need discipline. That's what at 40, Moses is said. Gifted person. Mm. Acts 7.22 says he is gifted. This is a gift. It's a gift. Okay. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egyptians was mighty in words and deeds. All he did was take a sword and kill. So God put him in the backside of a desert for 40 years until character was set in. Patience, long suffering, everything was set. 
Then took the sword away and gave him a shepherd's staff and said, now go get my people out. Now you are ready. At 40, you are gifted. Mm-hmm. At 80, you are mature. You are ready to go. You are ready to go. Okay. You're ready to go. And that's it. That's how it works. You know, it's not God is denying you. Yes, stay. And when the time comes, when God knows you are ready, he will put you on the throne. Meaning, the position he had always for you. Like David was put on the throne. You know? And therefore, when Saul fell, he never came back. When David fell, he would always come back. Why could he come back? Because something was inbuilt into him during those years. Those things built into him. That's how it works. So please never reject a word of knowledge, but see how it is put across. See the context. And if you are somebody who ministers, this is the way it should be done. And main thing, if it does not apply, let it fly. Let it fly. Don't let it, don't let it bother you. But mm. if it is true, if it is true, just change. That's all. God is not coming here to condemn. Until he comes back, he's not here to condemn. He's here to save. And a word of knowledge can really change your life. Amen. Really change your life. Think about this. Take John chapter 4. You don't have to go there. Yeah. Okay. Word Take John chapter 4. Take that line. Go get your husband. I have no husband. You had five husbands and you're living with the sixth one. Take that verses out. What do you have rest in the story? Nothing. It is the word of knowledge that changes the whole thing. Nathaniel coming to Christ, my Lord, my Savior, this thing. Just a word of knowledge. Right? You see the word of knowledge through it all working. Okay? It's the word of knowledge. God gives you a word of knowledge. Okay? Uh, he said, do your master pay taxes? He says, no, Kingstone, but let us keep the law. He says, Peter, go over there. There is a <laughs> fish over there. It's a word of knowledge. See, word of knowledge can change, change your destiny. See, with the, with the, the, the widow, Elisha's widow, Elisha's widow, that widow who comes whose husband is dead and her two sons are to be taken as to be sold. That's a word, that's not a prophecy. That is not a prophecy. That's a word of knowledge. This is how she will come out of our crisis. Please don't misunderstand. That is not prophecy. That is not wisdom. So, it, see, if we try to go gather all kinds of empty vessels and try to do in our house, nothing is going to work. It has to be specific <laughs> to a person. A word of knowledge comes and says, this is what you need to do. And the person who is saying also has no clue how it is going to happen, but he knows it's from God. It's a word of knowledge that comes. And God is speaking. Okay, And then God's power is working. And if you look at um, Moses taking the children of Israel through. It is the word of knowledge the Spirit of God is giving. The water is bitter. Throw to this thing. The the Every situation he is going through, it is actually a word of knowledge. The, Lord strike the, Lord okay. the word of knowledge is the word of God coming across as a knowledge to break your siege, break your situation. This is how your breakthrough comes. Wisdom is something else. Wisdom is something basically with conflicts or decision making. You need you need to, Lord, what should I do in this situation? Like Solomon. Solomon. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same. same. The gifts wise, they are not the same. Yes, Pastor. Mm. uh, One of the observations I've seen is that in order to be at the cutting edge of ministry, 
it's important for us to you operate in the, in the in the word of knowledge because it's absolutely that the gifts thing. actually all the gifts in, in, the in a church you know all the gifts but I mean, you, you can have all the doctrine but i mean mm-hmm. it's it's important. it is it is like uh, it's like i think who said it that person like the church is like a bird with two wings one wing it will never fly it's a wing of doctrine the say. the gifts of the holy spirit and the fruit of the holy spirit you need both you need doctrine out of doctrine comes fruit of the Holy Spirit and you need the gifts. You need to have both. But the dangerous part is gifts. And some of the people refuse to have gifts. They looked at people ruined in Christendom like Zachman and Andal said. No, even Brother Bhakti said, said, no, I don't want it. I would rather preserve my soul than have a gift and bring people in and then I myself is this thing that I don't want. Lord, use me without it. A lot of people said, I don't want it. They looked at how people have been destroyed with it. Destroyed with it. Mm. And the whole simple reason is that people do not realize. Simply realize it is a gift. It's a gift. And you had nothing to do with it. Just God gave it to you. God gave it to you. And therefore, you are very, very careful. This is not mine. This is from God. To go back to God, it has to be accountable before God. Let me be even more careful than the brother who does not have a gift. Yes. He is safe. I am not safe. I am in a more dangerous place than him. So I should be even more very careful. Mm. Very, very careful. That's how you look at Moses. Very careful with the gifts God has given him. Every time somebody opposes him, he falls on his face. Yes. He doesn't say anything. He knows. And the character of the of, law, of God is being found into his yep. system. So we look at another question from another eighty year old. Okay, this is question number nine. Question number nine. He oh. seems to be eighty years old. So it's exactly eighty. 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 Yeah. Question number okay. nine. <laughs> I mean, it's a very cute question. I always there is no gender confusion, but I'm not revealing the gender. Okay. I always <laughs> had plans for my life, but God has a plan for the rest of my life. Would that mean eternity? We all have plans and expectations for our, for how our life will play out. And you hope those plans will become realities. But what if God's plan for my life is f- far different from what I had planned in my mind? At 80 years old, it is difficult to accept that, 80 years old. To surrender your goals at 80 for God? Would that be, a, would that be selfish to say that? Surrender is a very tough thing to do at 80 years old. How can you help me think out of the box? Oh, what a question. But please remember, this is, this is, this is, Abraham was called at 80. Hallelujah. Abraham was called at 80. Now, first thing we need to realize is, let's go to Revelation chapter 22. Hallelujah. Mm. And uh, verse 3. There shall be no more curse the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and his servant shall serve him. Pre-fall picture in the garden, post-fall, resurrection, end of millennium, after that eternity begins. We serve God. All lazy fellows, get ready to work in heaven. (laughs) Okay. There will be a lot of work in heaven. The best part, you will never get tired. Because of the new body, you will never get tired. <laughs> Two, this is my understanding. This is my under- I could be wrong. Some of the things after post-salvation, which, which God has gifted us and which we love doing for God, will be connected to do with what we will be doing in eternity. Hallelujah. 
what we'll be doing in eternity. Mm. Okay? So, mm. even now, what you're doing, mm. and you know what you're doing, try to be the best. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Try to be the best. Thank you, Lord. Thank and you. give all the glory to God. Because you know what? Mm. You want to be included. Not that you will not serve. Everybody will serve. There will be no lazy fellow in heaven that will not be. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Special angels with prongs will be all around okay, for lazy fellows. <laughs> but you will not serve at the same level. I'll show you. Come to Revelation 14 again. Okay? And verse 1 to 3 we will read. 1 to 3. Now I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion. That's the peak. With him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Mm. I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, like the voice of loud, loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the new living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. Hmm. Now, if you read the book of Revelation, all those who are saved, different categories, including tribulation saints, everybody sings. Everybody sings. So let us say everybody is in the worship team, but this group is different. Well, they have given a song. They are in a completely different worship team in eternity where nobody else can join them. And they, nobody can learn their song. Nobody can sing their song. Why? Because that's how they worshiped him here. So in every way, because God is very, very just. Very, very just. You know, we, that's what we want. We want justice. Mm-hmm. We are saved by mercy, but we are not rewarded by mercy. <laughs> that would be perverting justice, right? Perverting justice. So we are saved by mercy and grace, but we are rewarded by justice. So whatever God has, and each one will know, we have to discover your purpose in on earth. And whatever it is, you will realize, you will say, but how can God use that in heaven? You don't know mm. what heaven is like. We don't know what heaven is like that. Okay. Uh, I do believe we will be building in heaven. We'll be, all kind of things will be taking place in eternity. Complete. Only thing that, that, that what, I mean, isn't that what God had intended Adam and Eve and his generations to yes. do before, if the fall hadn't come? Yes. Sin only ruined that. Sin made uh, work, labor, and toil, and sweat, and sickness, and that all came in. But work was always there. Imagine if man hadn't fallen, what would have been the earth like? What would have been the earth like, you know? What we see on earth now is nothing compared to what man would have, God would have done through man. So that's what you're going to do all through eternity. We do not even have any clue about Mm. other than what is revealed in scripture. Mm. We don't have. Okay. So it doesn't matter where you work. You're an engineer, you will be building. You are a banker, you will be banking. Hmm? Why not? <laughs> Only there will be no usury. It will not be paper currency. It will be gold. It will be gold. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not per se prophesying there is banking in heaven. I'm saying is whatever it is, you're a doctor. Okay, you're a doctor. Probably you'll be distributing the fruits from those trees. Which will be for the healing of the nations. Okay, okay. healing of the, the nations. nations. Okay, <laughs> But you probably will find out how to mix these fruits. Okay, basically, okay. I mean, 
healing will take a different dimension altogether. Now it is medical. It is medical. I'm 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 not telling. Okay, I'm not talking about there will be doctors in heaven. But what is the primary thing about a doctor? Some doctors you go, you don't want to go there a second time anymore. He may be the best in his field, but he doesn't pay you attention. He is very brusque. He is very rough, and. You say, okay, you may be good. And then you go to another person and he may not be, have all the degrees the other person has. He's very kind. He's very, even if you have cancer, he will make it feel like a fever. He will make you so comfortable and make look like this thing, you know. Now the question is, this is what God is basically looking at. So even if there are no doctors and there's a believing doctor and who's been so kind and compassionate with patients, and the way he dealt them, God will say, you know what, take charge of ten cities. But he says, I have no experience in administration. He says, administration in heaven is dealing with people. And I saw how you dealt with people. And I can entrust people into your hands because this is how you dealt with people. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. That is how it works. Ultimately, everything on the two hinges. Love God, love your neighbor. No? And these are practical things. Mm. So when you, when you come at 80, you know, at 80. See, the purpose was never changed for Moses. Only the method was. The purpose was he was called to deliver Israel out of Egypt. At 40, he thought this is the method because he had the wisdom of Egyptians and he was mighty in words and deeds. So he thought sword is the method. Hmm. Sword is the method. At 80, purpose hasn't changed at all. It's still the purpose. You will deliver. But you will deliver them as a shepherd. You will deliver them as a shepherd. So purpose never changed. So God has a purpose for everybody. Everybody. Okay? He has a purpose for everybody. The only thing we have to be very, very careful is the method. See that you do it God's way. God's way. You do it God's way. Okay, you do it God's way. That's the whole thing. You do it God's way. Okay, that's what we are. So at 80, the dear person, yes, it's surrender is a tough thing, but you will see the best thing is surrender. Best thing is surrender. Okay, like, let us, uh, the core Factor in a human being, the core factor in a human being is his or her will. The most important part of us is his or her will. That's what makes us different from the rest of creation on earth. It's our will. That is ultimately that will decide our eternity, both in salvation and in terms of reward. So when God gives a person a will, he chooses and he chooses based on the information he has and the desires he has. So even in the world, we are talking in terms of an unbeliever. He's using his will to make choices. Either he excels or he goes down. But all the choices are ultimately made by the will. The same way in the kingdom of God, also you have a will. It hasn't been taken away. But now when you say you take it by faith, you are. See, when I was in the world, we were all in the world, every decision we made, the will we used was for the self. Yes. It was for the self. Okay. But when we come to the kingdom of God, the cross comes in. 
And Jesus says, deny yourself. Pick up the cross daily. That means deny yourself continuously. Not one time. Deny yourself continuously and follow me. Now you know what? You're using the same will now to deny yourself and accept the will of God. Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. Earlier also, you used yes. your will, mm. but it was for the self. Mm. Now you're using your will's will for the kingdom. other, for mm. the kingdom. Mm. Okay. And that's where the cross comes. Mm. And that's what it's talking about. To surrender is very difficult, but you will be able to easily surrender because when you realize what God has for you is actually the best. It may not look so in the temporal world, but in the eternal world, it is the best. And whatever you pain you go through because of this surrender, Paul calls it momentary affliction. He says, in the light of the weight of glory. And that's where it comes. Okay, Surrender is a tough thing because you know what, I mean especially at 80, surrender is very difficult. Why? Because if you really came to the Lord at 80, yourself is very, it's very strong. strong because you are used to having your, your way. way. Yep. The older you get to surrender, the more difficult it becomes to follow God. Actually, it's very eye-opening for me. Mm. I was thinking at 80, you would say, you know what, what life do I have? Just a few more years for me to live. And mm. therefore, let me just give this to, give this away to God. But that, even Does that is, doesn't work that way. I mean, it's really remarkable. Like, even I'm, if, you, if, if it's, it's not that you do not know, even if God were to reveal His will for you, because the will is so strong, self is so strong, you will want to do it your way. That's the problem. You'll want to do it your way. And then it becomes problematic. You're trying to work out God's will your way. Again, you will run into a roadblock. You'll run into a roadblock. (laughs) That's the issue. It's not that God has not revealed this thing. No, that's why Moses, why didn't, why did God put Moses in that position for 40 years? To destroy himself. See, when you're living in your father-in-law's house and you have nothing of your own, he is, he's not, he's humbled. He's humbled. The self is gone. That's why when God comes, how many excuses he makes? When he says, I can't even speak, find somebody, I'm good for nothing. God says, no, you got it all wrong. You're good for me. You're good for me. But he has, his self-will has been broken. Self-will has been born. And it took, so you need to understand, a man at 40 who is um, wisest in Egypt, mighty in words and deed, how strong is his will, has become now. Because, see, except for to the Pharaoh, he doesn't have to say yes to anybody. So he's had his way all his life. All his way. I mean, if you look at some of the, Ten Commandments movie. The Pharaoh loves him. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. Pharaoh loves him, and some of it is like conjecture, but could be true too. Also. So his will is so strong. That's what happens to usually children who are uh, like the only child. If you are not careful with them, and in India, the only son. Okay, we have only sons here. Many only sons here. Okay, it happens. You know what happens because we have this. You know, Issue in India where sons are allowed to get away more than the girls. You know what happens? When you go that way, what happens is your will becomes very, very, very strong. Very, very strong. Very strong. 
It's a very dangerous thing. Okay. Now God is not trying to break your will. No, it's like a horse. Horse has to be broken so that it can ride better. But if you break the spirit, the horse is good for nothing. And you will see all the horses you see in the city. Have you seen them standing? You watch them how they stand. Like this. They stand like this because their will has been broken. They're good for nothing. You take them to US onto this and they won't ride. They won't gallop. They can't go like that. You can't use them. They only have to take people up and down for 50 rupees. That's all they're good at. But their spirit has been broken. But if you really look at the really good horses, you see that they are... They have an attitude. (laughs) Yeah, their spirit has not been broken. Mm. But they can really take... I mean, actually, if you look at a free stallion in the jungle, uh, in the out in the wilderness, and you see a stallion which has been broken, that's the term that is used. The stallion with the rider will go faster than the other one. Go faster than the other one. That's exactly what God is trying to do. He says, that stallion is what the world admires. He's, he's a slave of his own passions. Actually, he's good for nothing. But he says, you, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to ride you. And you know what? You will go faster than anything that, and you will fulfill your purpose. You have purpose in your life. You have a trajectory. You have everything because God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't break us. He doesn't break us. He says, if you allow me daily to control you, you have no clue what you will be even in eternity. Eternity. Amen. Amen. So the Amen. earlier you surrender, that's better, exactly. the better. Wow. That's a, is, that, yeah. I mean, it's really eye-opening because the struggle at 80 to surrender, it's, 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 isn't it remarkable? If you look at two people, uh, three people over there in the, in the Bible, three, the first three kings of Israel, Saul, David, Solomon. Solomon. Saul was just picked up. He was never broken by God. I mean, never the same. So he just went down, downhill. David was a man who was mentored literally by God. He finished well. All he cups, he plunged back. Solomon began well. But in the absence of his father, he went down very fast. Very fast. You know why? Because at a very young age, he was given too much. And he did not have the character to handle it. He self took over. And the book of Ecclesiastics is a man who self took over. And at the end, in the old age, he realized it's all vanity. Empty, empty. That's the book. It should be called empty. That's what his life has become. You know why? Because he went in the way of the self. So God is not trying to destroy us. God is trying to make us the best we can be. But it involves surrender. So, to think out of the box mm. is to go to God. That is why, let me tell you, these two things, you know, these were all the disciples, all of them, were extremely self-willed people. They followed Jesus hoping to get to the returns. And they first who came, they all <laughs> ran away. But after the day of Pentecost, they understood. And if you go to Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, they realize this is the the case. Mm. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of word. Mm. You know what it means? These are the two signs in your life that your self-will is broken and you are dependent upon another. The two signs which God has given in your personal life, your prayer life and your word life will show you now I am dependent upon another's will and not mine. Why do you pray? To find out God's will. Thank you, Lord. 
That's what the Lord's prayer is. Ultimately, what is the Lord's prayer? This is how you need to pray. They thought they would get a mantra. <laughs> Jesus said, this is it. Thy name, thy kingdom, thy will, thy power, thy glory. So, so I, I am not working for my name. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to build my kingdom. No. So it's not about my will. No. Yeah. People are not interested in prayer. See, we, I'm honestly telling you, <laughs> see, if you look at David's life and many of the great men's life, they had plenty of money. They had no issues with money. Mm. But if you look at the amount of time they spend in prayer, you would say, why is this person praying so much? They were just discovering the will of God. Many of them had no problems. See, we have taken prayer into Lord. I need to have a problem. I need a breakthrough. Lord, I don't have a job. Give me a job. I have no resources. Give me. God gave one line for all of it. Give us this day our daily bread. One line. <laughs> See, that's not what prayer is about. So if we are not interested in God's name, in God's kingdom, and God's will, it will show us and it will show in our prayer life. So it's about myself. It is not about you. When the cross came, I put the cross aside. It is my will and not thy will. And again the word. Why do we read the word? Because the word of God is where the will of God is revealed. There are people who read the word only to find promises. But it is for their will. It is not God's will. Okay, so fundamentally these two things. See, we can read the word of God with the self. With the self. <laughs> we can pray with the self. We can pray with the self. Okay, we can have a real long prayer life with the self, like the Pharisee prayed, okay? And we can actually memorize the whole scripture like the Pharisees did for the self. And Jesus had to tell everything. They were lovers of money, so sneered at Jesus. You love being appreciated in public. For everything they did, even when they prayed, they never prayed in private. They had to be in public in long prayers. He was saying, everything that you do is for yourself. Mm. Yourself. That is why to break it, he said, get into the secret place. He says, I will reward you in open. People will know after. Ultimately, they will know. It cannot be hidden. They will know your prayer life is genuine. They will know your word life is genuine. genuine. And they will know your giving is there. It cannot be, these things cannot be hidden. Because you cannot be consistent in something without it being revealed. Yes. You cannot. It cannot be hidden anymore. Because God Himself will reveal it. Because God is desperately looking for some people who will do things in secret so they can be sent out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who else can you use? No, so that's how it works. Yeah, that's how it works. So think about the box. You will receive it in the word and in prayer when we are surrendered to the will of God. And that is Jesus from the beginning till the end. Not my will, but thy will be done. His final prayer is also that. His first prayer is in Hebrews 10.7. Behold, I have come to do thy will. It is written in the volume of the book. So where it is there? In the word. And now what is his last prayer? Before he goes to the cross, not my will, but your will be done. So Father constantly spoke to him. Constantly spoke to him. Okay. Consistent. So he says, my father has never left me. He always speaks to me. I never do anything on my own. And not only that, I do it the way he does it. So not that I do what he tells me my way. No, I won't do that. 
I will only do what I have seen him doing. This is the way it has to be done. So you know there is no will in me. My will has been subjugated to his will. And in return the father says, I have lifted him and exalted him to the highest place and given him a name above every other name. That's a reward. That is a reward. It's not that God is a slave driver. He's not a slave owner or a slave driver. He's not. He says, you know what? I want to exalt people. I want to exalt people. That's what Jesus tells even the reprobate church, love edition church. If you overcome the way I overcome, you will reign with me. But you have to overcome his way. How did it? It was all got to do with the will. Hmm? Yes. Master, again, uh, I think on the same theme, uh, but from a different person. This is uh, question number 10 uh, about breaking. Uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 12 verse 40, 48 says, much is required from those to whom much is given. Yeah, to much is given, much is required. If through a broken heart, God can bring his purposes to pass in the world, then thank him for breaking your heart. This is tough, I must say, but Oswald's chamber says that. Yes, through your pain and hurt, he brings us through, but to thank him for breaking, breaking your heart, it's kind of difficult. What do you have to say about this? See, God doesn't break your heart. God is the only one who can take you through all the trials, the testing, the sorrows and the griefs. And if you trust him through it all, he will bring it without breaking your heart. I don't think, I think that's it. He doesn't break your heart. Of course you'll go through pain. Okay, but through it all, you know, basically the, he, he will Teach you. Let's go to First Corinthians thirteen verse four. and verse four. Okay, love suffers long and is kind. Mm. Okay, this, this this is the first thing God tries to bring into His leadership. In leadership, you will be called to suffer long and be kind. Still, be kind. But you cannot suffer long and be kind unless you go through it. And it, it, you have allowed, understood and become that. You have to become something. It's about becoming. Mm. Okay? So there is Moses for 40 years. Let's use Moses best example for all this. 40 years in Egypt, palace, pomp, luxury, unbelievable luxury, living. He's got everything at his beck and call, best education, best everything he has got 40 years. And what is he supposed to do? Purpose in his life? Deliver a set of slaves who have been all their life, they have been slaves. Okay, so he takes us all. God puts him in the backside of the desert. Now with all purposes, what has he become? A slave of his father-in-law. That's what he has become. Now, he is taking care of his father-in-law's flocks. Yes. I want to read that specifically. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. Read it again carefully. Was tending whose flock? The flock of Jethro. How many years has he been in his father-in-law's house? And whose flock is it? His father-in-law's. Father-in-law's flocks. He owns nothing. Do you remember what Laban said? My children to Jacob. About Jacob's children. Yes. Why did you get away with my daughters and my children? That is Moses. He's literally living like a slave in his father. He can't even circumcise his own children. 
Remember, it's on the way. Yes. God has to almost strike him dead before Zipporah is ready to circumcise the children. He has no say. So you know what? For 40 years, he lived like a slave. He knew what it was to be a slave. Mm. Now God says, go, go, set my children free because they are slaves. Now you will empathize with them. Now you will know what it feels like, you know? So you know what? When they come out, they will be rebellious, they will be stubborn, because you know what? They have no virtue, they have no culture, they have no education, they have been slaves. I want you to be patient. And I want you to be kind. You know why? Because you know what it feels like now. You know what it feels like? You know what it is like? Now I want you to be loving, long-suffering, and kind. And you know what? Not only God, Moses suffered long for 40 years with them. And he was kind to them always. He was always kind to them. And he took care of them for 40 years. The pressure was too much at times. And he said, God, I'll handle it. That's what God is talking about. So God is not trying to break us. God is trying to see. That's why Jesus made it very clear. He says, leadership in the world oppresses the people. The leadership in the kingdom takes the weight. Amen. Takes the weight. He says, Son of Man did not come here to lord over. He says, came to serve. He came, he came to serve. Imagine Moses' idea had worked. At 40, through the sword, he delivers Israel. But do you know what? There would always be a disconnect between between Moses and the people. Because... He's a different class. He's a different class, class. altogether. Yes, yes. And he has no patience with them. Hmm. No patience with them. And he looks down at them. Hmm. And he will ultimately become king over them. Yep. Ultimately become king. And he will rule over them. Yes. But that's not what happens. He becomes, that's why we have a king who's a shepherd king. Okay. And that's the kind of leadership which God is trying. Everybody is potentially a leader. Either here or there. God will give you charge over one city or ten cities or half a city. You become a leader. So you have to be a leader. You need to realize the leadership qualities in the kingdom of God is completely different. It is not at all like the world says it is. Okay. So he puts you through the pain and the hurt. So what? We will understand what one, what sin causes. Okay. What sin is. Okay. Because see, we, we don't appreciate the hurt and the pain, what it teaches us, because we do not see what sin causes God. Okay, cause. I mean, we will never. It's there's no compa- There's no human comparison. There's no human comparison. There's no human comparison. What's a human? What is the human comparison that we have? It's no human comparison, because we do not know what it is to be absolutely holy. We do not know what it is to be absolutely righteous and then create this pristine, holy, righteous universe and every day his creation is messing it up with sin over sin over sin and it's an affront on God's holiness and his righteousness and he's been patient for 6,000 years and he's still kind. Does not. We say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Even the souls also in heaven say, how long? We'll say, a little more, a little more little more. But it's an affront to him, not to us. <laughs> it's an affront to him. 
And that's what he says. He suffers long. Mm. And he's still kind. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Still not interfering and finishing it off. So that's... And the leadership does not understand it. Or when people are called... Even as a father in a home, you're a leader. Or as a mother, you are a leader. You need to understand that. Okay, you are, you are a leader, potential leader. Everybody will one day become a father or a mother. And you need to always understand this is how it works. This is how it works. And that's what God is taking him through. You know? It is tough. And the thing is that to whom much is given, much is given. Let us go to the portion where <laughs> Moses strikes the rock. 22 numbers. Numbers 20. 20, so, yeah. Numbers, okay. 20. Numbers 20. Numbers 20. Okay, we'll read from words 10 to 12. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the Lord and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand, struck the rock twice with his rod, and the water came out abundantly. Congregation and their animals drank. Then personally God spoke to them, because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children. It's not that you did not believe me for the rock to give water. No, you did not believe me to hallow me. Not believe me for the miracle. Believe me to portray to the people that I am holy. Let's go back to verse 10 and then we will understand what happened. Here now you rebels. What did they say? Must? We. We. God says that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. That's not who I am. That is not who I am. You misrepresented me before the people. That is not who I am. You misrepresented me. I told you to speak. Hmm. You struck. You misrepresented. The miracle worked. I know you believed the water would come. You had no doubts the water would come. You had faith for the water. You had absolutely sure the water. You had no doubt about it. But that was not the point. The point was not about the miracle. The point was that you misrepresented my character. That's not who I am. You got so upset with the people. I am there with them. Yes, I said they would not enter in the promised land. I did not say they will not enter into heaven. I did not say that their salvation is gone. I said they will not get any rewards. And I'm patient with them for 40 years. And you lost it. You misrepresented me. That is not who I am. That is not who I am. I told you to speak. Instead you struck. Instead you struck. Okay. And that's where we need to understand. No, God takes you through it all. I'm not saying Moses is a perfect man. No, he's not. But he lost the right to enter into the promised land and lead Israel. That was his dream. His dream was gone. You know? So that's where we need to understand. That's how God looks. But understand, in New Covenant, we have this enormous advantage that we can finish well. But, like the previous question, if you don't deal with these things as you get older, it will get more and more and more difficult. All the anointing in the world cannot change your will. Yes. You have to choose. If I had more anointing and more faith, no. Don't change. <laughs> Don't change anything. You may have a great ministry because of gifts operating. That does not change who you are. 
that your will has to choose. I choose. God will not touch it. That is sacred because he gave it. You have to use your will to deny yourself. Because you used your will to project yourself. Now you have to use the same will to deny yourself. That is a simple choice. As simple as that. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there are some very difficult questions also. This is question number eight. Eight. <laughs> Maybe you have to tackle it. Yeah, it says. Okay. <laughs> yes, we have all these questions coming from the West. Okay, these are not Indian questions. These all come from the West. Why is the Pope not yet, dead yet? He has so much of blood on his hands and the Catholics have so much money. Why is he not dead? So many innocent people dying, but the Pope sits on his royal throne and just mocks God. How come? See, uh, Babylon will need a false prophet. Babylon cannot end without a false prophet. And when you look at into Christendom, if you look at it, the largest known influential church is the Catholic Church. Is the Catholic church. And Catholic Church has lots of good people. Yes. Don't misunderstand. Mm. A lot of good people are there. But they are blinded because of the way the leadership has been built in. And they were never told to seek God on their own. So they do not, many of, most of them do not have a personal relationship with God. And those who are having a personal relationship with God, I know, I know many of them, I talk to them, they are really struggle with the Pope. They are asking what's, what's wrong with him? Has he gone crazy or what? But because they have been told to keep quiet and never do they keep quiet. Okay, I'm talking about priests and nuns, I know. I would see salvation has got nothing to do with denomination. Separation is a different thing. Salvation is basically believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins and accepting. And after that, the process to leave Egypt, what did it take? Believe in the blood, stay inside. So I will not question whether it's not, it's not uh, my job to ask whether there are unsaved saved people in the Catholic Church or not, because I do not know. Because your denomination does not matter yeah. for you to get saved. But if you want to go further with God and to be used of God, then the separation will come. But when it comes to this question, yes, the Catholic Church has so much money. And uh, yes, there's so much junk happening which people have no clue. And many of the leadership in the Catholic Church is involved in it. They have so much blood on his hands. But like, if God would not remove Nero, why should you remove the Pope? Hmm. He allows things to play out in time. He allows, okay. And people go into delusion because they receive, refuse to receive the love for the truth. truth. Yes, yes. Okay. So you need to realize there has to be a voice and he is the, he is the voice on the other side. Okay, and he has a position over there, and because the people have been indoctrinated that whatever the Pope says, it's ex cathedra or whatever it is, it is not just scriptures, you also have to listen to what the church says. And so that also becomes practically like infallible. And that's how they are kept in bondage. Okay, so there he is, he sits on his royal throne, and he actually mocks God. He actually mocks God by so many things which he's saying. And what happens creates confusion 
in the Christian world. Total confusion in this Christian world. And uh, if we are living in the last days, we don't know. It's, it's interesting, the Catholics also have their own prophecies. And in their prophecies, if he's the last Pope, the prophecy fits in. I don't know whether he's the last Pope, because we don't know when he's coming. Hmm. But you need to realize, I don't think ever in Catholic Church history did there, was there two Popes. And we have two Popes. One who retired and one who is serving. Benedict is there. This one's name is Pius, right? I forgot his name also. What is his name? I don't know. No, no, no. no this Pope, current Pope. I mean, it's not worth knowing his name anyway. At least for GK. Okay. Okay. But you need to realize there are two Popes. Have you ever heard about anything like that? No. Like you have two presidents in America. <laughs> one in the White House and one with the people. You have two popes too. Bergoglio. Okay. Yeah. George Mario. George Mario. Huh? Pope Francis. Yeah, Francis, Francis. Mm. Okay. So what I'm saying is, yes, he's, 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 the thing is that we don't know him as a person, but we know him from his utterances and statements and is creating havoc. Is creating havoc, and a lot of righteous priests, clergy, bishops—they don't like him at all. They like it. Like if it continues like this, even the Catholic Church may split. Like all the mainline churches split, and people left, and mm. leadership left. The Anglicans, every mainline church, when they went extreme liberal, they split, and they left. They so a lot of Catholics leave. Okay, but remember, there are wicked people in high places and God allows it. God allows it. itself, that itself is an eye opener to the people in those systems to see if this is, if this is what your head is, and this is what he says, and it contradict to the word of God, why are you staying there? Mm. Yes. Who are you ultimately loyal to? Are you loyal to Christ or are you loyal to a man? Loyal to, so, they, they get deceived. Okay, and the churches, the church. See, the first place, it's very interesting, the Catholic Church claims Peter to be their first Pope. Hmm. But the issue is here is that, one, the Catholic Church is composed, I mean, the Catholic Church is basically composed of Gentiles. And Peter was sent to the Jews. And if they wanted to make the first Pope, they should have made Paul. He was sent to the Gentiles. (laughs) Okay. Instead, it's the reverse there also. They made Peter into the first pope when Peter was sent to the Gentiles. I mean, that's what scripture says. It's written in scripture. Second, Peter was married. I mean, you have to be married if you had a mother-in-law, right? He was married. So if Peter was the first pope, he was the only married pope. After that, everybody was (laughs) celibate. A lot of things don't fit in with what they say and, no. But, <laughs> yes, they have a lot of money. You see, the issue with the church, actual church, uh, Peter was in the first pope. There was no church like the Catholic church for the first couple of hundred years. It is the whole mess becomes when the state and, and the church, church becomes yeah. once. Whenever that happens, 
the separation of the state and the church with the founding fathers put in America was a very, very wise thing. Okay? Basically, the state should not interfere in the church at all. They are two separate bodies. But it was, it was, they went to U.S. for the freedom of religion. But today it has become the extreme. It is freedom from religion. Basically, the founding fathers was the state should never interfere in the affairs of the church and stay away. Now they interfere in every affair of the church. It has turned the other way around. Because when the state and the church comes together, there will be always a conflict because one is the kingdom of this world, the other is the kingdom of heaven. Pilate and Jesus will not rule together. It is not possible. Impossible. Mm. So when Constantine became king emperor, everybody became Christian overnight. Because the emperor is Christian, all are Christian. Every creeping, crawling things got into the church. Because now to become a Christian is a big thing. And the church was destroyed from that day. As long as the church was persecuted because they refused to bow to Caesar, the church was very strong and the church was pure. Because persecution always kept the riffraff off. But when the state and the church came in together, then everybody got in and the church was destroyed internally. And that's what happened to the Catholic Church. And much of the crimes of which people are suffering and we too suffer, we too suffer as Indians, was propagated by the church. You have to understand was propagated by the church, the entire Spanish Inquisition, the destruction of indigenous tribes all over in uh, in South America, all that was actually pushed by the church. That's why the church is so rich. The Catholic Church is so rich. All the uh, all the kings of Europe were Catholic, mm. and they were sent out with the blessings of the Pope. They were terrified of the Pope because the Pope could turn a king upside down. And uh, the whole, the wars and the conquests were all about money. That is why even that same spirit got into the Protestant church in England. The East India Company did not allow missionaries to come over. They did not want conversion. They came here for money. The same spirit. Because what happened? There also the Anglican church and the state became one. One. When they become one, it becomes terrible. It's happening in India. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere where the state and the religion becomes one, Islamic countries and all, there's always oppression. Whichever religion it is, it should be kept separate. The state should stay out of it and allow. And that's, that's basically what happens. Okay. And that's what happened in the US too. Okay. And now it has gone to the other side where the state is persecuting the church. So the Catholic Church, the Pope, all over there, it's he, it's maybe a small little kingdom he has, but it's an extremely Shimpa. rich kingdom. Extremely rich, influential kingdom, because Western, you have democracies. And democracies run on votes, and they will not offend the Pope. Because Pope will send one letter, and the letter will be read in every Catholic church, and it will be very subtly written by saying, vote according to your conscience this way. <laughs> and every church every country even US is primarily a protestant nation right? right. five supreme court justices are catholic. catholic the president is catholic the speaker of the assembly is catholic 
the Speaker of the Senate is Jew. There's no Protestant at the top. Hmm. Okay, because they can influence elections. They can influence policy. They can influence a lot of stuff. So, you except for President Trump, nobody has spoken against the Pope. He will speak against everybody. He fears no man. He is the only one who has spoken against the Pope. Okay. You need to understand, nobody crosses thoughts with him. Because very subtly, they have the power to overthrow regimes. They have done it for the past 1500 years or 1600 mm. years. They have changed kings in Europe. Okay, so that's how it works. And but we can will increase, 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 increase. And if they are part of the Babylonian system, the the, the false prophet, then of course that it goes down, down. The popes that will come will be even more worse. Won't be better. And if he is the last, he is the worst. Hmm. Okay. So that's it's a tough question. Yes. But you know what? There's a question from the West. I will answer it. It's interesting. Now, okay, they, once things came out, you know what? The old days, the Pope used to wear a three-tiered crown. You know what it means? He has authority in heaven, authority on earth, authority in hell. Wow. Three-tiered crown. That is his. He is the visible representative of Jesus Christ on earth. That's what he is. Okay. Therefore, when he speaks, he speaks with that authority. It is ex cathedra, infallible. And you go check your Google. What is written if I'm right in the middle crown in Latin? If I'm right, right, I don't, I don't, yeah, they will find out now in a second. It's written, <laughs> okay, if I'm, I, I, I cannot pronounce that. If I'm written, it's written, Vicarious Philidei. It is written, Vicarious Philidei. Okay. I don't know what it means. I, I knew I forgot. I, okay. Vicarious Philidei. What does it mean? Vicarious Philidae. Or representative of the Son of God. Representative of, of the, the Son, Son of God. God. You know, that's what it is written. Representative of the Son of God. Now, you know in Latin, the numbers are also numerals. Yes. Right? You just count the numbers. Six, six, six. It is 666. Six, six. Mm-hmm. Count the numbers. Some total of that numbers which is written on the if I'm right, I read it. Uh, it should be there. It is. No, it's not like that. It's a hundred. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, there are six, numbers. Six, six. Yeah, it should be 666. Six, six. They say it is 666. Six, six. I don't know how to count Latin numerals. But it's uh, 50 plus 50 plus 5 plus 50 plus 500 plus 5 plus 5 plus 1. It's called 6666. Six, six, six. It is 666. Six, six. Okay. It's there. <laughs> it is there. Now don't get upset, my dear brother Catholics, <laughs> who are, if you are listening. But it is there. Okay. You need to realize, I knew this stuff before I was a believer, when I was a Catholic, when I was in school. <laughs> Hallelujah. Still was a very, very distinct Catholic, but I was the only Catholic in a Protestant class, and we were taught this. Okay. We had Bible study every day in the classroom. So one of the things it was taught was that's how I remember. I'm going back to the 
సెవెంటీస్ట్ రోంబర్డ్ దాట్ వికారియస్ ఫిలైడై రోంబర్డ్ దే వాస్ త్రీ దిస్ థింగ్ అండ్ ఇట్ వాస్ దేర్ సో సమ్ పోప్స్ వే నైస్ you remember the pope that who died young who was only 30 days pope and he was killed assassinated yes. he was actually assassinated yes. because he was supposedly a righteous pope and he was trying to bring out the, the dirt in the catholic church especially with the bank the finances the how they control the entire underworld all kind of junk and they killed him. they say they poisoned him and that's when john paul 2 came john paul 1 was i think one of them was only for 30 days he was killed in our times i was in school then i remember he died okay so it's a dark dark world every religious structure it is a dark dark world even the jews if you look at the book of ezekiel it was a dark world because you want to have control over people you need power and if the power is not of god then you need power from another source and you need all this pomp and pageants and this thing all this thing that's how that's how all the emperors and all hold their power that's how they come the pageant is there because people look at mm. this thing everybody because it hits you when the son of man came from the time he was born by the time he was crucified that's how he walked he says power doesn't need of course when we hit heaven we will see the grandeur but that's connected with his holiness and his righteousness not here mm-hmm. but when he came over he says you know what you don't need any of those things power is still power absolutely so the pilot looked at him and said are you a king he said you told so mm-hmm. you said so okay you said so and hanging there naked over there and then the centurion says truly this was the son of god <laughs> i mean you don't need you don't need any of those things you know so that's how the pope and that's how he sits and he mocks god they have created lord and what i'm saying why i'm saying it so that we said how does it affect us is it does affect us because in many third world countries they look at the abuse they had to go through the abuse they have to go through okay like if you hear about the portuguese and the kind of atrocities they did in the parts of india which they ruled they ruled okay and it always will be connected to the catholic church connected to the catholic church okay. like let me tell you in kerala in kerala you have what is called the syrian church the syrian church from st thomas onwards that's why that term syrian is used mm. syrian means they're not part of the catholic church christianity didn't come through the catholics or from the protestant anglicans mm. or anybody mm. syrian means our origin of our antioch. church is from antioch. antioch it came through thomas thomas came to india and from the old days the bishops used to come from antioch that is why until if, like when was i was young it was in our church i mean my old catholic church syrian church it was still the mass was still in syriac then it was changed to malayalam because people did not understand so they had to translate otherwise everything the priest study in syriac and everything and we do, we do not use the bible which we all use we use the pesisha version i have one of oh, it yeah, with yeah, me yeah. we use a different version practically the same here and there uh, so it will be a little remarkable difference. one of the remarkable differences is that on the cross in the kjv our english words in christ says my god my god why have you forsaken me in the peshitta verse it says my god my god for for this purpose i came mm. 
Okay, that's what it says. But which is there in the KGB verse in another place, but not from the cross. So you have this thing. But let me tell you. Then the Portuguese came with Vasco da Gama. He came. 1498 he came. He started. The Catholic Church came. And then what happened is they wanted the Syrian Church to become Catholic. And there was an issue going on in Kerala. Mm-hmm. And when one of the bishops was coming in from Antioch, they captured him, put him in a cage, and they drowned him in the sea. Whoa. And therefore, you know what happened? The Syrian Christians in Kerala, there was a wooden cross. They tied a rope to it. Individually, they all took a vow. Never they or their generations would ever go to the Catholic Church. And therefore, the cross bent. Bent in Kerala, the Malayalam term is kun. Kunet means bent. Kurisa is cross. So even now in church history, it is called the bent cross vow. It will never, ever go back to the Catholic Church or have anything to do with them. Okay. You know why? Because these are the atrocities that has happened for power. But therefore, we do not also negate the godly ones. You have Francis mm. of Assisi and all yes, those saintly ones. Yes, yes. All of them, there, Saint Augustine, all came from the Catholic mm. Church and all of them. So we, but we are looking at the overall picture. Overall picture, we look at it. It is. It was money and power and violence and death. <laughs> and death. How many millions were killed in the Spanish Inquisition for carrying a Bible? Because they did not want people to have a Bible on their hands because if they read, they would know God and the church would lose its power. Lose its power. It's the truth about the Catholic Church and I'm okay. I'm also, I'm an ex-Catholic. So I'm not condemning the Protestants. I'm, I'm just not even, I'm taking the truth, the history. But this is the truth about, this did not begin yesterday or today. This happened when Cain killed Abel. Religion always kills. Faith dies. Faith doesn't kill. Religion, every religion kills. And it doesn't matter what religion it is. Even Buddhism kills. We say it's a very passive religion. It is not. Go to Tamil, to Sri Lanka and see what the Sinhalese will do, have done. They have killed. You know. They kill. So every religion kills. So Cain killed Abel. That's where religion begins. Religion is a man's works. Faith goes to what God has done. So he came, came by his works, Abel came by faith. So we have to realize, we are not religious people. We don't want to be religious. Whenever religion rises, we kill. <laughs> in us, the religious man is there. Please remember, there is no secular atheist inside. The old man is a very religious man. It's a very religious man. Okay, it's a very, very religious man. Okay, but the born again man is not a religious man. It's a man of faith. Is always listening. The other man wants to do lots of religious and you touch a believer's religion, he will be offended. But if you touch his faith, he's okay. So that's when you know. If you know, no, if you like, let us say, uh, let us say, uh, Sami. Sami is here, that's Bakra. Let's say Sami sets up everything, no, for us. So tomorrow he's gone, he sets up everything and after the meeting is over, I say, Sammy, what's wrong this day? I was, I say, absolutely, Sammy, what well, the sound was terrible, nothing was this thing, you know. And suddenly, Sammy doesn't say anything. Instead, he's very upset. And he's saying, Pastor doesn't understand my sacrifice. <laughs> I touched his religion, because what he was doing then was not by faith. Yep. You can do the same thing, either by religion or by faith. 
and religion is tough, you get offended. Faith is touched. You will go back and ask. Lord, help me to do better. Amen. Because this is not about the church. It's about you ultimately. That is how you... In us all, there is a religious man. And you need to realize, there is no atheist inside. There is no secular person. There is a religious man and a man of faith. And there is a religious man, when you touch him, he gets offended. In the church and that. And God allows these things to happen so that we will know okay. who we are. Mm. Otherwise we will not know. Yes. You know. Like the children of Israel. If you see them dancing after crossing the Red Sea, you would have said, wow, what a worship team. Two days later they started. They started and God said, I led you into the wilderness. Caused you to hunger. Humbled you so that you would know what was inside you. That I did not deliver you because you were good people. Yeah. Probably many of the Egyptians are better than them. No. But he said, no, I did not. You are the worst and the weakest, but I saved you. Said, no, he didn't see any merit in any one of us. That's what we need to realize. Okay? So, if you ask, why is the Pope not dead yet? The question I would ask is, why am, why am I not dead yet? Because the wages of every sin is death. The Bible does not say the wages of certain sins are death. The wages of sin is death, meaning every sin kills us and has the power to kill us. So why is the Pope not dead? Because God needs him. <laughs> not to serve him, but I have raised Pharaoh, God says, for my purpose. Moses also was raised up by Pharaoh for his purpose, by God for his purpose. Pharaoh also was raised up. So Pope has been raised up by God's purpose. Some has vessels of mercy, some has vessels of wrath. So let him live. If he gets saved, we'll be happy. But some people I know, I look at them, they cannot be saved. A lot of people. Wow. The leadership in US, leadership in Europe, the leadership, not all leadership, this one cardinal in Vatican who is tough, he's retired, I think, he speaks out openly against the system. You know, but I'm saying there's a leadership up there. They cannot be saved. They're reprobate. They have been given over. It's impossible. I look at it. It's impossible for them to be saved. Because their hands are soaked in blood. They have a pact with the enemy and they are serving the devil's purposes knowingly, unknowingly. A lot of them are knowingly serving the devil's purposes. They have, they have gone that route. And how can you save them? You cannot save them. Because they know what they are doing. So even praying for them is pointless. You know, the Bible says there is a sin unto death because they blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They don't just mock. They blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And uh, God says don't even, don't even pray for them. You know, they may be a religious person outside in the world, but what happens behind the screens? Mock crucifixion. Ups, everything upside down, calling on Baphomet, calling on Lucifer. These are the same people who come outside and take the name of Christ. But they are actually blaspheming God. There is no hope for them. They don't even pray for them. That's what the Bible says. Don't even pray for them. They are gone. And some of them will live long because they are vessels of wrath. They will live long because God has a purpose for them. They will live long. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So one more question, I think. Of course, one more question. This is question number 11. Again, because it's in the same lines, the same theme. 
there is no doubt about it we live in a dangerous world but instead of motivating christians in the west to action today's headlines appear to be paralyzing us we were never called to live in fear even though the times we live in are frightening would you say we are right we are right on the course with the very plan of god for this world okay now we need to realize if you look at if you look at the times or if you look, let's look into church you look into the word of god okay you have the book of acts and you see the church out in the public square and persecution beginning and you will realize they don't shut their mouths they will say whether well, should save so listen to god or listen to man and persecution intensifies one of the one of the things that happens is church is scattered so scattering takes place but they take the word wherever they go okay apostles are killed but nothing seems to be stopping they escape jesus said when you are attacked in one city flee to the other city paul appeals to caesar meaning you use records of the judicial system yes that's what is happening in us you will realize is it's a whole wave so the church in different situations have to learn how to act in a country like us or a country like even india where you have access to judicial records and justice you should use that you should use that as long as it is there use it some countries you cannot use it okay like let us say soviet russia old soviet russia or china and all there's no judicial records so but primarily what does the church use what the church uses the church prays prayer yes every system has been broken by prayer soviet russia just fell crumbled down without a single bullet being fired it's because of prayer okay because when man prays and the church prays god starts moving okay with the heart of the king is ultimately in the hand of this thing okay so prayer is the first and the foremost weapon that god has given us okay and then in prayer different groups different places will hear different things and they all should do it differently yes. it's all part of the war plan yes. so this is a spiritual battle Yes. spiritual battle okay and even if you do not know each other if your heart and intention and desire is the same god will work it out okay god will work it out but when fear comes this is the problem when fear comes in you cannot be you it doesn't matter how big your number is you're pointless gideon blew the trumpet 32000 came but they're pointless out of 32000 you take 300 how many is left 31700 are useless only 300 can be used why because it's fear and that's why the devil's most powerful weapon he uses is one is deception and the second is people who are not deceived who have heard the trumpet is fear people who can't who are deceived don't hear the trumpet anyway they don't hear a call to action because they are deceived they are gone to the other side but those who have not gone to the other side who are able to hear the word of god hear the trumpet call he knows they are dangerous ones hmm. so what does he do he intimidates let us say january 6th in, in the so called insurrection that took place insurrection they used that word insurrection that took place with no guns that's a funniest part insurrection that took place the capital hills everybody who entered nobody had a gun so i don't know how they were planning to overthrow 
But these are the terms, because that's what the leftists will always use terms and this thing and all over there, you know. And there are 800 people were arrested. Many of them still incarcerated. Do you know that so many of them have still refused after all kind of inhuman treatment in the U.S. of a isolated, solitary, I heard they have been tortured, I heard they have been deprived of food and everything, still refuse to plead guilty? They're not afraid? They're not afraid. They're not afraid. And I don't think even they are really believers. So if you, if you, because fear is used basically to intimidate, to break your will. That's how fear is used. That is why Goliath is standing up over there with his entire bronze. This It's an intimidating figure. Nobody has fought him. They don't even realize, don't know whether he can really fight or not. But that sight is enough. <laughs> Everybody gets intimidated. Okay. Have you seen riot police? How they come? Yeah. It's an intimidating sight. Mm-hmm. It's an intimidating sight when they come. And that's how it is used. You look at all the ancient warfares or if you look at, why do they put the war paint? It is to intimidate and all the abuses and the challenges and all the these things and all that. It is to intimidate. So fear is how it does. And you know what? But you cannot be afraid. Cannot be afraid. And I'm telling you, most of the church, believing church, is paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed by fear. But you have to overcome fear. And the only way you can overcome by fear, two ways, is primarily love. Perfect love. You look at the love of God and you say, to live or die is gain. For this person, it's not about life. For this person, to live or die is gain. Muhammad Gaddafi's bodyguards died for him. So many people die for their leaders. Right? And we have to look, can we ever get a leader better than this? A leader who laid his life down for me. So that is what we are talking about. That love. And you have to personalize and say, you know what? For him to live or to die is not loss. It is gain. Yes. It is gain. Yes. And I will not be afraid. But you should not be foolish. You should not be foolish. You should be wise as a serpent when dealing with them. Wise as a serpent when dealing with them. I'd be then gentle as doves. Never be intimidated. Never ever be intimidated when you know that you are on the right side. If you're on the wrong side, of course, plead guilty. Hmm. And, uh, do what is. But if you know you are on the right side. Never be intimidated. Like we had a situation yesterday, I'm not talking. And I always said, never be intimidated by the system. If you know you are on the right, keep it ready. And when they come, turn the tables on them. Yeah. We turned the tables on them yesterday. And they didn't know what to do. Okay, because we, we will not be, when you know you are on the right, okay, and the system is coming. Paul, Peter and John know they are on the right. The gospel is the truth. The kingdom of God is the truth. We are witnesses of the resurrection. We, I know you are the religious authority supposedly ruling over us, but you know what? You are wrong. You are wrong. No, you are opposing God. You are not opposing me. This is not two factions in the church, no. You are opposing God. You know what? We will believe God and obey God and not man. And they go out and preach. But they don't resist arrest. They don't beat up. They don't do. That is something which we don't do. You arrest me, arrest me. I'll go to the prison and preach. You put me in solitary, I will pray. One thing you cannot do, you cannot stop me from witnessing my God. That will not. 
No. If you put me in prison, I will have a Bible study. You put me in solitary, I will pray. Because I'm a ministry, you know. What can they do to Jesus? Hung him on the cross. And he prayed. And he brought one man also into the kingdom. You cannot stop. You know. You cannot stop. That is how we have to look at it. Okay, love. We have to look at it. We are not fear. Afraid. We are not afraid. And headlines. Why is headlines paralyzing? Of course it is bad. But it is supposed to. We are not caught by surprise. All these things were foretold. But that still does not mean the end is here. Because nobody knows. Because that's one thing Jesus kept secret. He said, no man knows the day or the hour. Okay. Yes, is everything there? Everything there ready for him to come? Yes, if you look at it, yes. But if you look at it, no. Do you know the gospel has reached the ends of the world? No, we don't know. Only God knows that. Do we have the technology to track everybody? Yes and no. We have the technology, but it is not implemented. Because there is still resistance in so many countries where the judicial system is very... I mean, our Supreme Court ordered that vaccine is not mandatory. mandatory. Yes. Yes, sir. But he said government can keep it up. It was like they speak from both sides of their mouth. Mm. Okay. They said, but government can bring in necessary restrictions. Basically saying, we won't say it is mandatory, but the restrictions you bring will make it mandatory. Okay. But ultimately they said it's not mandatory. Right? Which is not mandatory. Our Supreme Court said something which the US Supreme Court did not say. Okay. So we are looking at it. Okay, we are looking at it. But when you look at it, everywhere you see the bridegroom delayed. Delay. The rich man or the, the ruler went and he delayed in coming back. That's when the servants went wonky. So delay, delay, delay is there always connected with the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so when I look into the, see, I don't look, I look at Israel and I look at the US. There's only two countries I look at. The rest of the countries are irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Like when you read the Bible, Old Testament, do you see the rest of the countries? You see countries only connected with Israel. Because that is God. Yes. In the same way today, only America matters to Israel. We don't matter to Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a, I will tell you a joke. It's an interesting joke. Uh, Israel is going through a major crisis. Major financial crisis, economic crisis and all. So the parliament is discussing what should we do. So many solutions, nothing. Then one MP stands up and says, let us attack America. They said, are you out of your mind? We attack America? And they said, he said, you know what, if you attack America, we will lose. And then they will come and occupy. You know what America does to the countries they occupy? They, they rebuild everything and they give you all the money you want. So let us attack America. But the Ameri- Israeli Prime Minister says, my issue is not that, but what if we win? Because Israel has never lost a battle. <laughs> <laughs> Super. <laughs> okay. So, if you look at history and if you look at it, like why I said this is now, we will know it only by the end of this year, okay? But something, I mean, it's, 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 unless you look into God and God's perspective, okay? If Roe versus Wade is overturned, it will be one of, it is a sign from God. Mm. You know why? Roe versus Wade was codified on January 22, 1973. January 2020, there will be 50 years of killing in America. It will stop. In 50 years, it is jubilee. There is liberty proclaimed for the children. 
that means god may be extending i don't know i'm not prophesying or anything i just look in the scripture i look into god's ways i go into god's thing it is going to be 50 years rovers this way is overturned lot of children will live it is actually liberty being proclaimed to the slaves who are the slaves in america the babies in the wombs who have no control about their destiny the mothers can do whatever they want to them they can kill them that is what slavery is and rovers this way is overturned you know what 50 years jubilee year it's a year every slave has to go free if it happens it would be awesome that means god is trying to tell us something okay and i look at it russia was not supposed to lose this war so russia is being pushed back in time in prophecy not coming because russia has to come back russia will come back russia will come back but it is being pushed back really been pushed back it was not supposed to happen russia was to take over that nation but it hasn't happened so russia is being pushed back now i'm not giving you false hope i'm not being a prophet i'm just reading the signs visibly as i can see it but on the other side something else is happening secretary of state of america came to your india the defense secretary came the eu head came Boris Yeltsin came all these people came here you know except for president biden and kamala everybody else came you know why they came they came to tell america india not to buy russian oil and india politely told all of them go jump in the lake which they have never done before you know what's happening the russians the chinese the indians are unconsciously becoming the block one block from where the king of the east will come we are moving away slowly but subtly we are moving away policies will have long term effects we're moving away and i don't like it because i don't want to be in eternity be known i was in a country that went against israel in the last days we may not be there but that's what is happening okay i see that happening because this is a majority of the world splitting away from the west and it won't be good for the christians in this country because we will be identified with them the western hegemony which is true which is true using swift which 200 plus countries are there in the swift which controls the money transaction 12 countries control swift while 200 countries are part of it and that is another colonialism mm-hmm. it's another way of this thing and systems are breaking away slowly from that slowly breaking from that okay so we need to realize there are so many things happening in the political sphere over there we look at it i said you don't listen to news you don't read news you read your word and look at it and says that's how you look at it and says you know what lot of things are happening mm. what does it mean to you what is important to you where does east come in this whole picture in the entire east comes into the picture the king of the east with 200 million army we have you know to to destroy the west destroy the west only one nation has to take one decision the west is finished you know which nation china china just has to come to india and to the other east south asian nations and african nations says we don't want to expand we don't want to expand your borders your borders our borders our borders truly from the heart we say we are all brothers west is gone it's finished 
we don't need the West anymore. Honestly telling you, the problem everybody in Asia has is with China. India's borders, Philippines' borders, Malaysia's borders, Indonesia's borders, Vietnam's borders, Japan's borders, Korea's borders, everybody. And if China comes, turns around and says tomorrow, we don't want to expand. Let us all work together. Let us all work together. And they will say, what about North Korea? North Korea, Korea is kept alive by China. China tells Korea, jump, they will jump. North Korea is gone. China is not a threat. Then Japan doesn't need America. South Korea doesn't need America. Nobody needs America. You need to understand, things can change overnight if God's prophetic line is coming in. Prophetic line is coming in. Because America is running on the fact that the world currency is dollar. dollar. Yes. Once it shifts from dollar, America will crash. Sometimes I believe in one day Babylon will crash. It will crash. Okay. So don't ever put your eggs in the world's basket. Look up. <laughs> trust God. Obey God. Walk with God. And don't be paralyzed by fear. Will not be afraid. We don't resist. We are not violent. But the kingdom of God advances by violence advances by violence, meaning in our spiritual part, when it comes to faith, when it comes to prayer, we are very violent people. But when we go out, we are gentle as doves. We don't resist, we will preach. We are thrown into prison, we preach. We are thrown into isolation, we pray. But one thing, we don't, we are not silent about our witness. Everywhere, we'll stick to what we believe is true, because we have the truth. Amen. We have the truth. One thing about truth is that when one man, when one man receives the truth and he has become true, he can stand alone anywhere. But that's the nature of truth. Truth does not need support. If one man is true. Joseph is true. He can stand in Egypt alone. He doesn't need anybody because God will stand with him. If Daniel is alone, true, then Daniel can stand alone in Babylon because God will stand with him. That's the power of truth. Lie needs lots of support. It needs lots of support. Truth doesn't need. Doesn't need. And truth does not look at what class the vessel is, or how educated. It's irrelevant. One is a young shepherd boy, and Peter and John are fishermen, but they are true, and they are able to stand alone, and God stands with them. That's how we have to look at it. Yes, Pastor Vijay, yeah. we will close. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. We just thank you, we just thank you, Lord. We do not know whether you are coming today, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. We do not know. But you have told us to occupy till you come. (laughs) Yet to watch and pray, for no man knows the hour, day or the hour. Watch, to pray, to occupy. And it says, and to endure. That he who endures till the end, you said, shall be saved from all these things that will come upon the earth. So help us, Lord. Help us every day. We deny ourselves. The key is there, Lord. We deny ourselves. We pick up the cross and we follow you. We lay down the cross. We are done. The world will roll over us. Therefore, Lord, we preach Christ crucified. The cross may be foolishness to the world, but
to those who are being saved and those who are called it is both the power and the wisdom of God. Amen. Thank you, thank you Father. We lean on to your wisdom and to your power alone. Commit everyone around the world into thy hands who are listening, who will listen. And I pray once again, Lord, touch those who are ill in the ICU. Touch them. Breathe upon them. Let them pick up their mat and their walk. Those who heard bruised, speak peace. The peace that passes understanding. Doesn't matter what the headlines are. We have a peace that passes understanding. We understand the headlines. But we also have that peace inside, ruling our hearts. Be with us, Lord. If you tarry to come tonight, give us all another day in the land of the living. Pray, Lord, we'll be in your house to worship you, to glorify you, to hear from you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Speak your rest into every soul on this side of the globe. They will rest in peace, sleep well. To the other side of the globe where day has begun, I speak your rest. And from your rest, they will go out and walk, knowing that you are always in control. Mm. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you, Lord.